Hey, this is Pastor Joaquin G. Molina from Spring of Life Fellowship, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. I hope you're encouraged with this message and you stay the course to change the world. God bless you. Father, thank you for the day that you have made. We rejoice and are glad because you created a day where we pause and consider this component of life called fatherhood. We pray that your word would be a lamp unto our feet and that your word would minister to our hearts and that our lives would reflect obedience to being great fathers, that we not only father our families, but that we father nations, that we father uh, people all over the neighborhood, the city, the state, the nation. Raise up fathers in this house, Lord, that would be able to give an example to their children to how to honor our Father which is in heaven. We pray that you be glorified and that your word not return void, that it would be a good seed planted in good hearts that would bring forth good fruit. Bless those that hear these words. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You know, we all know that there's that big uh, saying that at the age of four, at the age of four, children begin to say, my dad, he can do anything. You remember going to school and bragging about your dad. And then uh, by the age of 10, they're already saying, my dad doesn't know anything. Uh, they start rebelling. They start walking against the counsel of their father. And so um, just like I did for Mother's Day, I think if I do, um, if I do uh, honor to Mother's Day, and a lot of people says, why did he do that on Mother's Day? It's such a beautiful day to talk good about moms because there's so many crummy mothers out there. And, and they're ruining the lives of their children and the lives of churches and lives of ministry, horrible moms. And, and so we highlighted that on Mother's Day. Well, today I'm gonna do something similar on Father's Day. We're gonna talk about the virtues and the vice of fatherhood. Now, if you see this picture that's on the screen up here, you'll see that there's a father standing before his son. And depending on how you lived your life, you will see two different types of fathers. One of the fathers that you might see here is a father that is giving you everything he has. So he's offering his son an opportunity to have something his son does not have. And so he's filling a void. But if you had another fatherhood experience, you'll see a life of a father who's fallen apart and the little which he can add to you, he takes away. And so if you have a certain uh, dark disposition of seeing fathers. Uh, we know the highlight of a father is a good thing, but the devil makes you see a father as a bad thing. And there's so many people running from fathers today. Uh, they're called prodigal sons. And uh, those that are without fathers, they're called orphans. And those that uh, do not recognize a father in the life are called illegitimate. So all these prodigals, orphans, and illegitimate people are going about the earth creating havoc because it's so painful um, to have a lapse in this experience. So it could be that this man here is, is probably taking the man's heart. He's taking his, father's heart, uh, his son's heart. Uh, he might be giving him his heart. Uh, we, we have examples like my father-in-law who was 
somewhat of an orphan from the age of 17. Uh, and that's uh, the, the season of life where you learn a lot of things from your dad. Uh, I could imagine my sons from the time they were 17 forward, if they were to tell you the things they learned after high school, there's an onslaught of things that it's good to have a father in your life. A lot of you uh, have come afterwards and for some reason or the other, you've lost your father. Uh, he's no longer in your life and you have become adopted in the family uh, the Spirit of God does that, like Nick says. Fatherhood is not a person. Fatherhood is a spirit. Everybody say amen. Yes. And you recognize that spirit in the life of people who correct you. What I was able to talk to that man at the car dealer was the spirit of a father saying, son, quit being rebellious. Quit being frustrated and disobedient because you're cursing your children and your family and those around you when you're not in compliance with the Father. Romans 8.15, we talk about this verse here all the time. I try to talk to, about this verse to, the, to every men's conference I go. We did not receive a spirit of slavery. To be a son is not you're imposed upon. You're not made to do things. As a son, you feel, what am I, the slave in this house? No, my friend, the privilege to be fathered and the training to come become a man and so the greatest devastation upon the earth are the men who have not received this training who have not been under the tutelage of a father they don't understand the blessing it is it's not a spirit of bondage again so you fear and retaliate and withdraw but you've received the spirit of adoption the legal term adoption is that you become a real son, a true son, by whom we cry. We learn how to, out of our hearts, there's a yearning for that relationship, Abba, Father, in the Hebrew, Daddy, 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 Daddy. I want to be connected to the voice that speaks to me as a son. And so um, it's very important that fathers and mothers are the most natural agents that God has put upon the earth to save their children. We were, in, we were in Poland a couple of years ago, and it was a fascinating moment. We go there every year to do a father and son conference called Tato.net, and they invite us to speak to the fathers because there's about a 1,000 men at that conference, and uh, they have lost their fathers in World War II. On one side was Russia, on the other side was Germany, and they obliterated the armies of Poland. And so now children are left, and they grow up, and they didn't have fathers. So now they need somebody to teach them how to be tato, dad, daddy. And so we go over there, and we pour into them, because the spirit of the father is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit adopts you so you're no longer orphans. So you decide if you want the Spirit of God to bring you in as a son and establish you and affirm you uh, that you are a son. And, and a son is, a, is, is, a, is, is the receiving end of discipline, correction, rebuke. It's a training field to be a son. It's a, it's a pre preparation to sin like an arrow into the purposes of God in this world. And some of you guys are wandering. The devil's uh, character in the book of Job, he says, where'd you come from, the devil? I'm doing my own thing. I come and go as I please. That's not a son of God. 
A son of God is always obedient. Even unto death and death on a cross. Our example is Jesus Christ. He says, Father, pass this cup. Nevertheless, not my will, thine be done. He's 30 years old, 33 years old when he's saying these words. I had a young man call me like two years ago. He says, hey, guess what, pastor? I'm 25 now. I get to do what I want. I'm like, Jesus is 33 and saying, not my will? When did you learn that you're supposed to do what you want? Faith is going where God sends you. Jesus saw the centurion and says, you don't have to go to my house because I'm a man under authority. I say, go and he goes, come and he comes. So you just say the word and it's going to happen. A relationship of father and son is just that. And, and we're taught this rabbi in Poland said like this when we were in this session. And he says, um, a child is born in his mother's womb for nine months as he's developing and when he comes out of the womb, they cut the umbilical cord. And the first thing the Hebrew tradition does is pass the child to his father. Because if the baby infant does not feel the cradle embrace of a father, it will be the first person that is a stranger to him with, with which he relates to. And if that connection does not happen, that child is cursed for the rest of his life. If there's not a connection with your father, you suffer in identity, you suffer in legacy, you suffer in inheritance, you are a perpetual wanderer. So that's why it's so important that God would send his spirit to the world to connect our hearts with the Father in heaven. And that is expressed with being able to honor dads upon the earth. Who has heard of a person who says, oh, I honor the God of heaven, the Father of heaven. I have no one I answer to upon the earth. Are you insane? Are you smoking crack? Are you out of your mind? To be able to acknowledge and honor a man that, that is, God has put in your life as a gift to correct you, my friend. Who cares about your correction if it's not the heart of a father? Because a father disciplines those he loves. And if there's no correction, and if there's no discipline, the Hebrews chapter 12 verse 8 says, you are illegitimate. The Greek word nothos. If you are without someone who corrects you, which we all are partakers, if you are without discipline, then you're illegitimate and not a son. Pastor, why are you screaming? Just so you could hear me better. That's why I kept on getting technicals at basketball. I would tell my players, I'm not upset. I, oh, I'm just passionate. I'm not upset. I just, I just want people to understand that we're living crazy lives. Because listen to me, the great majority of preachers in our land don't have a father. They honor, they respect, or they follow. So how do you become a pastor when you don't answer to a dad? And if you don't know how to keep your own house, how could you manage the church? If you're not being a dad in your house, you can't be a dad in church. 
You're insane. This rabbi let me understand that, that if we don't heal in this area of our life to be healthy in a father relationship, we are destined to doom. We are destined to a lot of problems. I grew up in a house with a lot of discipline, with a lot of instruction, with a lot of intensity. And I always prayed, Lord, why couldn't the family down the street be my family? Why couldn't I move into my aunt's house? She was, so, she was always giving us candy and she was so nice. I, had to, uh, I was born under the regimen of Dr. Molina. It was a continual. I, 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 was, I was the bravest one to sit next to him as we ate dinner. And he decided that he would instruct me with a knife and the fork and tame me. And one day I tried to reach into his plate to grab something. He stabbed me with his fork. I was like, okay, you don't do that. <laughs> we learn things from those father who God has gifted us. If you read James with me, James 1.17, the expression of fatherhood is this. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. And it comes from above, down from the Father of lights. Your expression with a dad means that you're downloading things that are priceless, that you can never find outside of that relationship. Elijah said to Elijah, I want double blessing. What's that mean? I want to, he says, if you keep your eyes on me till the very end, you'll get all that I have for you. He didn't say master, master, guru, guru, apostle, apostle. He said father, father. The relationship that the prophet established with his disciple was that of a father and a son. There's no greater relationship upon the earth. Jesus came to the earth to show us how to be a son. And what is a son? One who's not doing his own thing. If you're doing your own thing, you can't delight in the father's provision. No greater destruction upon the earth than those who distort fatherhood in twisted words and character. No greater blessing than the virtues of a dad. No greater curse than the wickedness of a father. The Bible doesn't hide the one or the other. We have plenty of examples in the Bible of bad dads. People that were penalized greatly because they did not exercise fatherhood precisely great dads in the bible genesis 18 18 the bible says abraham i'm going to make you a great and mighty nation i'm going to blow you up i'm going to give you all the things i have for you surely abraham will become a great and mighty nation he will be a blessing to all the nations upon the earth all the nations will be blessed in him. Amen. Why? Verse 19, because he's going to be a great dad. The reason is not because he's going to be a great businessman, make a lot of money. Not because he's going to have a lot of relationships. He has known, I have known him in order that he might be command his children and keep his household so that they walk in the ways of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. This is a man that says, oh, I don't have time to go to church. I got to work. You're a curse to your family. I don't have time to, to sit at the best seats in church because I'm paying for the best seats in my athletic games. You're a curse to your family. 
You have taught your children that there's greater priorities than the house of God. Your children and grandchildren are cursed. They will be entertaining things that are not God all their lives. This great example of a man that God would make the father of faith is because he was teaching his children in the ways of the Lord. The same way in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 22, Eli was a horrible father. Why? Because when his sons were doing what was wrong, he says, Niño, eso no se hace. Son, don't do those things. They don't please God. Listen, he had an obligation to stick it to his children hard. Eli was very old and he heard everything his sons were doing in all of Israel and how they were having sexual immorality inside the church. Verse 23, doing things wicked. The Bible says, so he said to them, why do you do these things? For I hear that you're doing evil things in all the people, from all the people. They're telling me that your life is messed up. This is a negligent dad. He sees his sons doing what's wrong and doesn't nothing about it. If you keep on reading, his sons are lost and he's lost. Ichabod, the no glory comes upon this family line. And God says it in that way also in 1 Samuel 3.13. He says, I warned Eli that if he didn't teach his children, I've told him, I'm going to judge his house forever for the iniquity which he knows because his sons made themselves vile and he did not restrain them. To see your son doing something wicked and saying, I don't know, maybe this is God. Oh, it's God that he ignores his pastor, his father, his uncle, his youth pastors, his grandfather. That's, that's normal. That's what you call okay. You're cursing your generations. You're cursing the lifeline of your legacy because you refuse to discipline your sons. You refuse to draw lines and boundaries. You refuse to call him wicked when he's doing wickedness. It becomes a curse. 1 Kings chapter 1, verse 5. The Bible says that David never talked to his son. He never disciplined him because his son would get sad. How many know of a son that gets mad when his dad disciplines him? Obviously. Adoniah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself. When a son does not have the discipline, he walks in arrogance and pride. Is there any greater curse than having a son who's like the devil? Who lifts up his throne above the throne of his authorities? Does that become a blessing or a curse? He exalts himself and he says, I will be king. I will call the shots. I have no one to answer to. And he prepared for himself chariots and horsemen and 50 men to run before him. Verse 6, because David never rebuked him his father had never called his attention his father never there's people that won't come to this church because they're going to get rebuked how many say amen they won't come to this church because they're going to get instructed listen to me if you're five years old in this church you've already been rebuked by the pastor because there's a father in this house and the father who loves his children will call their attention but the Bible says David did not rebuke his son at any time by saying, what are you doing? Why have you done this? 
He didn't want to make him sad. That becomes a curse to have a father. One of the vices of fatherhood is not disciplining your children. They become illegitimate. They become nothos, nothing. Listen, if you do the history, communism is the fruit of fatherlessness. All the communist leaders in the world, they have one thing in common. You know what it is? No father. So they're arrogant, tyrant dictators, and they're imposing their will and bringing poverty to the world. That's what a son is without a father. There's no prosperity in the bloodline. Adolf Hitler, orphan. Muhammad, orphan. Stalin, orphan. Fidel Castro, orphan. Out of wedlock. What a curse it is to not be adopted by our Father in heaven. God says that he will perpetuate the curse upon these families forever. They don't have instruction. They don't have insight. 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 1, we see Samuel rise up and all of Israel came seeking advice. And Samuel said to Israel, indeed, I've heard your voice in all that you have said to me and I've made a king over you. Verse 2, take note that now there is a king walking before you and I'm old and gray-headed and look, my sons are with you and I've walked before you from my childhood to this day. My life is in order. My house is in order. My children walk in the fear of God. That qualifies you to be a leader. If you're not having your house in order, if you're not being able to have the respect and the honor of your children, who are we going to lead? 1 Timothy 3, 4, a man that rules his house, having his children in submission with all reverence. I have, uh, I'm a pastor. The only little detail is my wife doesn't respect me. I'm a pastor, I'm a leader of a church, but the only little detail is all my children are walking outside of Christ. It becomes a curse to the nations. Christianity has been cursed by having leaders that are not fathers first. The Bible says, verse 5, how will you rule the church? For if a man does not know how to bring his house in order and rule his own house, how will he be able to care for the church that belongs to God? So this is the, the day and age. If we look at all the protests and all the riots, we'll see a fatherless multitude with no regard or respect for authority. I want to suggest that that's because at the home, there was no one to honor and no one to respect. There's no example in that regard. In the Bible, we have those fathers who tried to be fathers, but they fell short to abandon, to abuse, and to neglect their children their greatest treasure. They used to tell me, Pastor, you are a lawyer. You make a lot of money. Why don't you drive a Lamborghini or a Porsche or a Audi? I said, you know what? Because here's my Porsche, my Lamborghini, my Ferrari. My treasures is not in a monthly installment towards a large boat or house or condo. It's in my children. 
Those are my treasures. Those are the ones that are going to be sent out through all the earth to be a blessing to all families. And they have been able to stay within the course of discipline to be able to reap the fruits. Hebrews 12.5 says, have you forgotten that somebody God is putting your life to exhort you and speak to you as a son? A son is not somebody who says, yes, go, yes, go, yes, go, yes, go, yes, go. A son is somebody who listens to the heart of the father. As sons, my son, do not despise when the Lord calls your attention, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. Verse 6. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. I, I can tell who's a son of this house. I can tell because I call their attention and they say, thank you, could I have another one? Thank you, sir, could I have another one? Is there any, any other area of my life that I need to be careful with? And they stay and they love dad. And then you, you see the illegitimate, you call their attention and they take off faster than a bat out of hell. Why? They don't want a relationship with the father. Hey, years ago, Jurgen had, had the... Jurgen's been here since for a long time. And they said, hey, let's go. Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Let's. He says, where am I going to go? Where am I going to go that somebody's going to talk to me like that? It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So it's super important that we discern the goodness of the Lord. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens and encourages every son whom receives him. Verse 7. If you endure, say if, because you decide if you do or not. Nobody's going to obligate you. Jesus says, I'm not being forced to die on the cross. This is my father's desire. He's not making me give my life. Nobody's forcing me to lay down my life. I do it voluntarily because I want to honor dad. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as a son. Who gets the inheritance? A son. But what son is there whom a father does not discipline? Chasten. Correct. Verse 8. But if you are without chastening, which we are all partakers, you become illegitimate and not sons. Verse 9. Furthermore, we had human fathers, and they corrected us. Our human dad did the best they could, and we praise God for that. And we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be subject to the father of all spirits and live? God wants to bring us into this relationship, and it's not just you guys. If you see the devastating blows of those who decide not to, Lamentations chapter 5, read it when you get home. Lamentations chapter 5 is the stricken result of fatherlessness upon the land. Our fathers have left us. They've abandoned us. They've neglected us. Therefore, we have to work double. We are poverty stricken. We're stripped. We become servants instead of being princes. Read Lamentations 5 the entire chapter, five from verse one on. Proverbs 13, 24, the one who spares his rod hates his children. You curse your children when you don't correct them, but he who loves them disciplines them, how? Promptly. There's an onslaught of little pockets that the devil's doing in the lives of our children today. 
and this is in the video games that they play, and you're sitting there watching them and watching them and watching them and watching them. They kill a million people. They behead people. Blood is going everywhere. Pokemon is jumping through the walls. Everything is happening, and there's not a father in the house to correct them. Walked into the house of a little boy, age six, and he has over 25 stuffed animals full of unicorns and all types of monsters, and he's raising them up under the nose of his father and his grandfather and no one is there to correct him. So when he grows up to be 20, 25, he's not gonna have the capacity to discern things wicked, things twisted. There's, the no, there's not a no in his life. His father encourages him to play every twisted thing there is. And that becomes a curse over that life of that young man. Let's stand this morning and ask God, God, let your spirit be strong in this house. Uh, let, let, you know, there's, there's wives that tell their, their, their husbands, you better not discipline our child because I, I won't talk to you. Listen, you're a witch. <laughs> Quit witchcrafting. Allow your sons to have a father who disciplines them, who corrects them. I always tell fathers, don't correct your children in wrath because your behavior cannot be worse than what your child has done. But you should not let the tail wag the dog. You should not let your children be in front of you doing things twisted and not being able to address them. I just told one man last month, I said, listen, your daughter's gonna be killed and thrown on the side of the road because you let her go out looking like a prostitute. You're letting your daughter expose her body. She's supposed to expose her body to her husband when they're married in the marital bed, not to go to the grocery store. But we have lost fathers in our generation. That's the biggest curse that we're suffering right now in this generation is the loss of fathers. And so, since we don't know what a father is, and there's a lot of us that's never seen a father, a lot of people come into this house, they say, you remind me of my father. I go, come here, give me a hug. They say, no, I hate my father. You talk to me too strongly, you hold me accountable, you speak to me things that you're meddling. I want to tell you something. I thank God for my children who have allowed me to father them. Because it works both ways. I could want to be a father, but they have to want to be sons. And if they're going to want to be sons, they're going to have to receive my discipline and correction. And to be without it is a curse. Malachi 4.6, the last verse in the Old Testament, God says, if you guys don't fix this thing, the earth is about to go to chaos. He's going to turn the hearts of fathers back to their children and the hearts of their children back to their fathers. I want to tell you that that's the answer for the world today. Because if this does not happen, he's gonna strike the earth with a curse. Everything that we're seeing that's upside down in our world today as a result of the father being absent, the father abandoning the home, abandoning his responsibilities, or being neglectful, he's there, but he's not doing anything about it. I've learned by going into other nations that when I meddle into the lives of the family members in those nations, they get upset. They want me to come in as a preacher they want to hear the wisdom of God. They want to hear the truths of the word of God, but they don't want me to speak to their children. And that's also witchcraft. That's rebellion. And that's a curse upon any peoples. When a man of God comes in, he's gonna look like a father. If you don't know what a father looks like, you're not gonna be able to recognize him and celebrate him. And so this house will perpetually celebrate our God, the Father in heaven, We'll celebrate fathers here upon the earth. We'll celebrate fathers of nations. 
When you see somebody like Joseph who raises up Genesis chapter 45, verse 8, he says, look, everything I've ever gone through, maybe you never had a father, but everything you've ever gone through without a father is so that you can become a father of a nation. Everything that Joseph went to, he says, so now it was not you who sent me through this process, but it was God who has made me a father to Pharaoh, to be a lord of all his owls, to be a prince throughout all the land of Egypt. The absence of a father could give you the clarity of the need that this world has to be a father. And you walk in the honor of your father in heaven through Jesus Christ, and you're going to be a champion that this world needs. Father, we thank you this day that we have gathered for Father's Day. We have gone extra long today, but it's worth it, Lord. It's worth us to know the heart of the Word of God and the fatherhood of our Father in heaven. We pray that it would be established here on earth, that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that we begin to honor those who have you've put in our lives, Lord, to play an important role, and that we might honor them. As your Ten Commandments says, honor your mother and father so that you can live a long life upon the earth and so that everything will go well with you. We pray your blessing upon this house. We celebrate you as our Father in heaven and we honor, Father God, those fathers you've given us upon the earth. We celebrate them and we thank you for them as a gift of God. We pray your blessing upon your church. We pray your blessings upon the families in this church and we pray your blessings on everything that you're leading us to do to Father Nations. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the people say, amen, amen, and amen. God bless you.